it means that you're going to be uncomfortable. It means that you're going to be a little bit desperate, but that desperation will push you to do great things. It will help you grow beyond what you thought you were capable of. And that's the one thing that I always see most successful influencers have in common. Welcome to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Lee, and I'll be sharing industry knowledge and social media tips through weekly interviews with established creators and Q&A sessions. Our goal is to help you decode social media, become a full-time influencer, and do what you love for a living. Let's dive in. Hello, creators. I'm so glad that you're taking the time out of your day to tune in with us. If you are enjoying our episodes and you find value from our podcast, I would love if you could leave us a review on iTunes and also just tag me on social media so that we can see your post and potentially reshare you and give you a big shout out. All right, let's begin with today's episode. Today, I want to talk about the six keys to succeeding as an influencer. Now, this is a topic that I always think about, like what makes a successful influencer? In the past four or five years of being on social media, various platforms, and observing a lot of different influencers, I realized over time that there are certain characteristics that uh, successful influencers tend to have in common. Now, before I continue, I just want to make a small disclaimer. I think everybody has a different definition of success. By no means am I trying to say that only if you, let's say, have a certain amount of followers or make a certain amount of money are you deemed as successful. Absolutely not. I think for my definition in this particular episode that I'm going to speak on, the definition of a successful influencer to me is just someone who's able to make this a full-time career and is able to monetize their influence no matter how large or small their audience is. And also most importantly, has a very engaged audience, even more so than growing their audience. I think it's very important to observe how engaged of an audience this influencer has. I actually don't really define a successful influencer as somebody who just continues to grow, although that definitely is a great metric. But I actually think the amount of connection that they have with their audience and how engaged their audience are, that's actually an even better metric of success as an influencer. Also, in this episode, we won't be addressing the specific methods that influencers became successful, like uh, what type of content format, whether they posted Reels or IGTV, or even like what type of trends they hopped on in order to succeed. We are going to mostly address mindset changes and also characteristics that people may often have in common that makes them more likely to succeed in this field. I hope that you'll be able to take away lots of useful concepts from this episode so that you can apply them to your influencer journey as well. The way that I lay out the six keys to succeeding as an influencer is actually in a very logical order where one follows the other and they are all very much interconnected. So I hope you listen from the beginning to the end to get the most out of this episode. Now let's begin with the first key to succeeding as an influencer and that is self-awareness. 
I feel like I really don't hear and see enough people talking about self-awareness, whether they're motivational speakers or social media gurus. I think the only person that I've really seen talk about having self-awareness is Gary Vee. I'm sure there are other people, but I just don't think it's being talked about enough. And I do think that self-awareness is probably the most important, and that's why I put it as the first key to succeeding as an influencer. But first, let's talk about the definition of self-awareness. According to Debbie Ford, it is the ability to take an honest look at your life without attachment to it being right or wrong. So I am specifically talking about self-awareness for your work and also just your strengths and weaknesses as an influencer or as a creator. I feel like it is quite self-explanatory why self-awareness is probably the most important key to succeeding as an influencer or even just in any field in life really. Because as a creator, if you don't have self-awareness enough to know how your work compares to others, how do you know where to begin to improve? How do you know what you need to work on more to continually create better content and really evolve as a creator all the time? One thing that I see a lot is what is called the Dunning-Kruger effect. The Dunning-Kruger effect is basically a type of bias where people believe they are smarter or more capable than they really are. And I think this is a very natural thing to go through as a creator. When we first start creating and you start learning how to lower your highlights, increase your shadows, and you're like, oh wow, this image is amazing <laughs> compared to the original and you're just like blown away by your new edit. And it's natural to think that you have become a much better creator. But honestly, the journey to becoming a great creator, I think there is, is a very, very long path. So the Dunning-Kruger effect starts where you think you're a lot better than you actually are by learning just a little bit. And the ignorance is basically what allows you to think that you're really great. And then as you learn more and more knowledge, as you dive deeper into creating better content or more about social media, that curve starts to go down, your perception of yourself and your ability starts to go down and to the point of even potentially having imposter syndrome because you start gaining so much knowledge and know that there's so much more out there and there's so much talent out there that's just um, better than you and you'll kind of like feel maybe like there's still such a long way to go and like how did I think I was so good before and it's kind of the opposite effect. And then it starts to come back up and level out when you really become a master in your craft. You uh, really learn the ins and outs of building your personal brand, showing up and creating content and dominating on social media. And that's when you have a pretty accurate conception of where your level is at relative to where you actually are at as a creator. So often what I see when creators don't really grow is that maybe there's a slight lack of awareness there. I think we live in a society, especially in the Western world in the US, where it's not a good practice to share any kind of criticism, even if it is constructive criticism. I find that people are not very straightforward when it comes to giving constructive feedback and it's a lot easier to be like a yes man or yes woman and just say, 
oh yes i think this is great uh, yeah that's so cute and you know we've been trained even on social media to always leave nice comments and so you type all these comments on everybody's post like oh that's such a beautiful sunrise oh i love that dress is so flowy and nice and it's always just all these positive messages that we're being inundated with and i think it's really important that while you are um, receiving all of these messages or people are giving you these positive feedbacks to, to always still remain pretty self-aware of where your level is at compared to other people in the field. So I understand that when you're just starting out, there is a lot to learn. And I hope this doesn't overwhelm you because my purpose here really is not to put anybody down or to make anyone feel overwhelmed, but rather to just kind of remind you that it's important to have that self-awareness, to always be looking at your work in a slightly critical way so that you can keep improving. So how do you go about improving your self-awareness? Um, some would say, you know, ask for feedback. I do think this is a good thing to do, but if you're asking your own audience, chances are you're not gonna really get the feedback that you wanna hear. Or if you're asking people around you who are very supportive, maybe they'll just say what you want to hear or maybe they'll sugarcoat it a little bit and then not really give you the real feedback. So I think it's more important to just be able to really look at your work critically, recognize your strengths and weaknesses and spend time to self-reflect. Can you put your work next to another really amazing creator and just analyze and point out some of the things that you could improve better on? Is it the editing? Is it the composition of the image? Or maybe if it's a video, is it the hook point? Making your hook point more interesting? Or are you really grabbing people's attention? Are you making sure that the reel is fast paced enough that people want to watch all the way through and are engaged the whole way through? So just being able to really look at your own content with that critical eye and questioning yourself, but in a healthy way. Now, I'm definitely not promoting any kind of self-doubt or um, self-criticism or putting yourself down in any way whatsoever. I think it's so important to differentiate between self-love and self-awareness. I think self-love really is just understanding that you are enough just the way you are but self-awareness is knowing like in terms of what you put out there in terms of the value that you're putting out to the world and the, the content that you're sharing with your people does that measure up to other creators out there how can you improve how can you keep getting better as a creator i think those are two very very different things to keep in mind just to make that very very clear a mindset that has self-love and self-awareness is really more of a growth mindset where you can look at your work and say, okay, I need to try a different strategy or is this really my best work? How can I make it better? Or this will take me some time and effort to learn, but I'm willing to learn and I want to improve my work. That is where you have the confidence, you have the self-love, but you also have the self-awareness. The opposite is more where if you find yourself saying things like, oh, I can't do this. This work is not good enough. This is too hard. I'll never be as good as X. Now that is a different issue altogether. That's where you need to find that self-love, that confidence, and just really start to talk yourself up and let yourself know that you can do it. Saying that you can do it is very different to you are not good enough. 
You can do it can mean that you are still humble enough, self-aware enough to know what you need to improve on and be confident enough to pursue that path. Whereas saying that you're not good enough or that you can't do this is the part where it's more detrimental to you as the creator, where you have a lack of confidence and you can't move forward with how to improve. Now, I don't really consider that as self-awareness. It's more like a lack of confidence. So just to really differentiate between the two. I feel like this first key has been kind of hard for me to talk about because I really don't want anyone to feel discouraged from me talking about like, oh, you need to improve your content or you need to learn to be better. Um, I really just want to put this out there so that everyone can be more introspective and be able to look at your work and know when you need to do better. I feel like even as someone who has created content for many years, I, I get a lot of messages where people say they love my content, but I never let that get to my head because I think it's so important to keep improving. I will easily look at other photographers and realize I am so far behind and that I still lack so much knowledge in content creation, in photography, and that I can always keep improving. I can always learn from other people and make my work better. Before I even post a reel or post a photo, I often like to share it with my friends, my very, very close friends who I think can give me unbiased feedback and ask them, is there any way I can make this better? Is there any way I can make this reel more engaging? Is the quality good enough? Is this type of tagline eye-catching enough? So these are the things that I always ask myself. And when I have the support group, I also ask my support group. So in addition to also being introspective and asking yourself these questions, it would be great if you can find a group of friends or even a friend who understands what you're going through or maybe is on a similar path as you and can be really unbiased and give you honest feedback so that you can help each other continue to improve. Another part of being self-aware, I think, is also being very observant. Observing what other people are doing, observing why it makes it a good piece of content. Also just being aware of your own reactions to other people's content when it makes you go, wow, what is it about it that, that makes you go, wow? Why is it a, such a spectacular piece of content that it went viral or that people are reacting in this way? And then how can you replicate that for your page, for your niche and your brand? This is also when having a coach or having a support group can be really, really helpful. If you join any programs where you can get feedback from other people, they can objectively look at your work and give you honest feedback so that you know what direction to go in. This is why inside my full-time influencer program, in addition to just the pre-recorded lesson, I think it's very important to do monthly group consulting sessions. I do these account audits where I can quickly look at someone's page and point out, oh, you need to go in this direction, or maybe you could improve on this aspect of your work. Maybe your reels could be more like this, or they need a better tagline or hook point. So that's really the part where I offer my students the personalized support so that they can improve on their content when they're also just trying to work on the self-awareness as well. Just being able to have someone point that out to you can make it that much easier to see what direction you need to go in and what you need improving on. Now, with this self-awareness, you then have the ability to assess your strengths and weaknesses. 
And that brings us to the second key to succeeding as an influencer, which is either having talent or willingness to learn. And I don't really like to throw the word talent around too much because I don't want to discourage anyone into thinking that, oh, this other person's work is so much better. Therefore, they must be so much more talented than me. Then therefore, I can't ever do what they do. Chances are you most likely are very talented in a few areas, but without actually practicing and trying the various areas first, you probably won't know what you're super talented in. Most people don't start creating as a super talented person. Yes, maybe they learn a little bit faster in certain areas. Maybe it's having a very specific eye for great photo composition. Maybe they are very sensitive to color and therefore great at editing. This is to a certain degree talent, but a lot of it is learned through the process of creating and through just learning from other people. So you want to start thinking about what things come really easily to you as a creator or as an influencer. Is it being very, very personable on screen? Is it speaking on camera? Maybe it's um, editing a photo to a certain way. Maybe you're just very good at learning software. These strengths and weaknesses are different for each person and you need to find where your talent lies and then capitalize on that. So do what comes really easily for you and then the rest you can learn. So along with talent, I mentioned willingness to learn. The reason why I wanted to mention these together is because I don't think talent is the end-all be-all, actually. In fact, I think that the willingness to learn is significantly more important than having talent. Even if you had talent, but you're not willing to learn and improve and practice and keep doing that over and over again, it won't really get you far, right? But if you have the willingness to learn, even if let's say some things don't come super naturally to you, you can learn that through time. It's a muscle that can be built. If I look at some of my first work, you'd think I'm not talented at all because some of it is just really unbelievable. I don't, I don't even know how I came up with that kind of editing style. And this is before I started my personal brand, my Instagram page. The filters that I would slap on some of these photos were just horrible. They're horrific. And so if you were to look at those photos back then, you'd probably think I have zero talent. But after many years of practicing and doing over and over again and just day in, day out, creating, editing and posting, I started to hone in on what I'm really good at and also to develop a better eye to see what kind of colors are best for certain types of locations or edit or um, how to coordinate outfits so that it looks good on the image and has a higher chance of getting good engagement. All of these things honestly are practiced over time and nowadays I get a lot of people messaging me telling me how they think I'm talented but the reality really is that it was a lot of practice over time and just a lot of learning and everyday training my eye. So if you look at any of my images now and you think, oh, she's talented, I don't know if I can do that, I really urge you to rethink and get that notion out of your head because you probably could be way more talented than me. If you have the willingness to learn, you could definitely do anything that I've been able to do thus far and do it even better because everything that I do now really is a result of the willingness to learn and a ton of practice. 
So if you're ready to experiment, level up, and improve your skills, then you want to see what kind of resources are around you that you can take advantage of. Whether it's listening to this podcast to get tips and ideas, or it's going onto YouTube to watch some tutorials, or it's joining a paid course like the Full-Time Influencer Program to really get better at what you want to do, this is the next step of willingness to learn. You need to then find the resources and actually learn and apply them. Sick and tired of posting reels that you spent hours creating just to see it flop? Need a tried and true formula so that you can finally get your first 10K, 100K, or even 1 million view reel? If this sounds like you, then you need to join the Reels Rocketship program. In this program, we teach you everything you need to know about going viral and growing with reels. From how the algorithm works to how to convert those views into follows, we cover it all. Head to reelsrocketship.com or simply click the link in our show notes to join today and skyrocket your follower growth with Reels. And I think that segues really nicely into my next point, the third key to succeeding as an influencer, which is hard work and persistence. Basically, execution. So now that you have self-awareness, you know what you're good at and maybe what you're not as good at. You're willing to explore the various areas of talent that you have and also you have the willingness to learn in the areas that maybe you need more improvement on. The next part is really just sticking to it. Of all the influencers that I have observed or I know who are successful, none of them got to where they're at by not executing, by not working hard. Most people would agree that hard work and persistence and just pushing through every single day is probably one of the most important things and one of the biggest reasons why they succeeded. Even if it's the most glamorous, effortless looking influencer that you look up to and that you think has it all, they probably work super freaking hard behind the scenes to have what they have right now. There are probably a lot of talented people out there who could become super successful, but if they don't put in the work and stay super consistent, there's very little chance that they will see results right away. Nowadays, with most platforms, including YouTube, Instagram, blogging, these all require a lot of effort, a lot of consistency, and most likely in the beginning, you don't just go viral right off the bat or see results right away. It usually requires a lot of consistency, trying various things and figuring out what works best for you and continually improving on your content. Even if it's a platform like TikTok where the algorithm is allowing a lot of random accounts go viral, it still requires a lot of consistency for you to continue to grow and for you to retain your audience's retention. And from there to monetize your account and make sure that you're showing up all the time, that requires hard work and persistence. Some days you might not feel like showing up, some days you don't want to wake up early, maybe when you're traveling you want to relax more than you're working. Sure, that's all great, but when you're setting up your personal brand, when you're starting out and you need to establish yourself, honestly, it really requires more than just relaxing. And sometimes it means that you don't have the perfect work-life balance, but those are some of the sacrifices that you make. 
There is never a moment where I regret not going out to a party or not eating out with a certain friend so that I could build my brand. This was absolutely the best choice, and if I had to do it all over again, I would put in the same hours and keep pushing through the same way I did. Because I know that at the end of the day, if you are willing to learn and you keep improving and you consistently put yourself out there, there is a very high chance that you will succeed. That's not to say that I don't value health and mental wellness. There is definitely a time to relax and disconnect from social media if that means it's better for you and your mental well-being. I absolutely respect that, but I do think it's important that after your little break, that you are back on track and always showing up. One of the things I really advise against for any aspiring creator is to basically disappear off the face of Earth for. Months, basically not showing up on stories or posting anything, and ghosting their audience. I know sometimes life happens, and there are absolutely circumstances where this may be necessary, and I really respect that. But if it's at all avoidable, I would really advise against it. The thing with social media is that people can really quickly forget who you are, and there's so much content out there, so many other choices and people they could follow. So it is very important to show up and provide value for your audience consistently. It's also not favorable for the algorithm to just sort of not show up because Instagram does want to push accounts that are consistently showing up. That means that you're showing up on the platform for your audience, and you're more likely to retain your audience's attention. And that ultimately is what the Instagram algorithm wants: audience attention. So just keep that in mind next time, and make sure that you are still consistently showing up, even if it's just on stories. Even if you can't post on your feed, you're at least showing up in stories. And greeting your followers—that's very important. I would say in the last four or five years of being on Instagram, ever since Stories was introduced, I'm not sure if I've ever not shown up for more than two or three days. Probably the longest was three days of silence on social media, and I would show up after that. And those instances are pretty rare as well. I do this not just because of the algorithm, but also I just really enjoy the conversations that I'm able to have when I show up, and also because I have a very supportive, amazing audience, and I want to make sure that I'm showing up and providing value for them, so that they would happily stay on my page. One more thing I think is really worth mentioning while I'm on the topic of hard work is that. Once you have set up your network and once you have developed that deep connection with your audience, it is a lot easier to maintain your page and your brand online. The beginning part is a little bit harder and requires more consistency and persistence because people don't know you yet. They don't know the amazing value that you offer just yet. So you need to do a bit more to be seen and also to just keep people around to show them that you're going to be consistently showing up and providing value. And once you have established that relationship with your target audience, then I would say it's a slightly different situation. Job opportunities would come to you a lot easier, and also even if you don't show up for a few days, chances are people will still remember you because you have just spent years developing that relationship. And relationships that have been properly fostered don't just go away like that. My schedule now looks a lot different to when I first started. 
Nowadays, I am able to have a really good work-life balance. I can choose when I want to show up and how I want to show up. I also have really gotten a lot better at batch creating content, so I can really efficiently create the content and post over time so I'm not burnt out. That's also just something that you get better at over time, and I'm sure I'll dive into batch creating content in another episode to also help you learn how to better manage your time. But I would say in the beginning, especially with a full-time job, I really did put all of my time and effort outside of my full-time job into building my Instagram and my personal brand. Yes, sometimes there was some sacrifices that had to be made, but I would not exchange this for the world. Just the experiences I've been able to go through and the life I'm able to live now is so, so worth it. So I know the word hard work may sometimes sound a little bit negative, like it's really difficult. But honestly, I think if you have passion for what you do, it really doesn't feel like hard work at all. And that brings me to my next point, which is the fourth key to succeeding as an influencer, is that you must have passion for what you do. I think this is an absolute must. If you're in it to make a quick buck or you think it's a get-rich-quick scheme, I urge you to reconsider and maybe don't pursue this path because honestly, you need enough passion to get you through the days where you're being lowballed by brands, to get you through the days where you have shitty engagement and you're upset and you want to give up. You know, those are days that will happen and they've definitely happened to me as well. But because I know that the original reason why I did this is because I love to create content. I love being creative. I love expressing myself through imagery or just through video or content, general content creation, let's say. I know so deeply that that's what I love, that it doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter when it feels like hard work. It doesn't matter if I need to wake up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. to put on my makeup so I'm ready before sunrise. I will do it and I will do it happily. And honestly, when you are pursuing your passion, it often doesn't feel like hard work at all. People look at me and say, oh, you're such a hardworking person, Tina. My husband always says that. He's like, oh, Tina, you're so hardworking. I don't think I can ever be like you. I never feel like it's hard work, to be honest. Yeah, sometimes I'm a little stressed. You know, sometimes I wish I could be relaxing. But do I ever feel like, oh, I don't want to do this? Do I ever feel like, oh, this is not worth it? No. Do I ever think like, oh, this is all like not worth it. I'm just going to give up. No. When you're passionate about something, I think it really will help you find the creativity and drive. I also think it helps you find a way to differentiate yourself from the crowd. Because if you're in it just to follow what everyone else is doing and you don't really have the passion for what you do, then unfortunately your work is going to look the same as everybody else's and there will be very little reason for people to follow you because that passion doesn't really show through. You know, people say like when someone is passionate about it, it really shines through and you can see it, you can hear it through the way they speak about it. And I think that kind of energy will really attract the right people, the same type of people who also have the same passion for what they love. And that's how you find your tribe. Also, just being really passionate about something means that you're probably mentally thinking about it all the time and trying to improve on a day-to-day -day basis. That is what will differentiate you as a creator and give you that competitive edge to really stand out 
from the crowd. So let's say you have self-awareness, you have some level of talent and you're willing to learn. You are willing to work really, really hard and you are very consistent because you're very passionate about what you do. Let's say if you've done all that and somehow it's not working out. Now it's really important to have flexibility and the willingness to experiment. And this is my fifth point. The fifth key to succeeding as an influencer is having the willingness to change things up if they're not working for you. Instead of just blindly working hard and blindly passionately doing what you love and continually learning and learning and learning, there's also a time where you need to be flexible. You need to ask yourself, is this the right path that I'm doing? For example, if it's a niche, is this a niche that can keep me going? Am I going against current world trends? How can I adapt my voice or my branding a little bit so that it is more in line with what's trending in the world right now? That's just an example. You don't necessarily have to change your ways to follow what the trends are right now in the world. Um, that's actually not what I'm advocating, but it's just an example of how you can be a little more flexible. And I think it's really important to continually experiment. I think even as creators become better at what they do, a lot of the great creators that I see, they are always still experimenting and trying new things and they're always surprising their audience. And that's another reason why they're always able to capture their audience's attention, why their engagement never really drops or maybe it will have a small drop but then it comes back up because they're willing to try new things. If you find that your engagement is not working for you, I urge you to think about doing something differently. Maybe you've been posting only single posts. Try carousel posts. Try video posts. Try something else. Just do something different on your page. What I find is that when you're going through a period of low engagement, it's really important to stay flexible, try something new, and show up in a different way. It will be like a breath of fresh air for your audience when they see something different on your page, and there'll be this renewed interest, and that often reflects in your reach and engagement. The last point that I want to make is slightly similar to the previous one, and that is the ability to adapt and take risks. So we all know that the social media industry is an ever-changing landscape. Not just algorithms, but trends and user behavior change all the time. It's really important to be able to adapt to what's changing in the world and on these platforms so that you can continually keep up with these platforms. There will be things that are outside of your control, for example, the algorithm, different content types that people like, different trends that are happening and could help to explode your following. If you can keep up with these things and adapt your brand and your page, then there's a very high chance that you'll be able to succeed no matter what platform you're on, no matter what happens in this world. For example, when COVID happened, a lot of travel bloggers who were originally posting travel content suddenly couldn't create travel content at all. And it just seemed a little bit insensitive and slightly inappropriate to keep posting these throwback travel photos. So I noticed that a lot of people were able to successfully transition to home content and it was very refreshing for a lot of their audience and people really loved it. One specific example that pops up in my mind is Jamie Beck. She's not an influencer per se, she's actually a fine art photographer, but before the pandemic she had a lot of clients and she would sometimes travel to different places to create images for her clients. 
During the pandemic, however, she had to stay at home every single day. So she actually created this movement called Isolation Creation, and she made a hashtag for it. Every day, she posted a new fine art photo, and they are stunning pieces of work, by the way. And it resulted in a series of fifty-something pieces of artwork, and she sold them on her online store as limited print. And she also was able to inspire a ton of people to use the hashtag. I believe it was like four hundred thousand people who used that hashtag, and it was a huge success. She would sometimes feature these people's work on her stories as well, and highlight some great creators who are creating from home. So not only was she able to re-inspire herself, create this amazing series that she was able to monetize, but she also inspired a lot of people. I think this really is a perfect example of being able to adapt to what's happening in the world as a creator. I think if you have that ability to adapt, to sometimes take risks, maybe it's stepping outside of your comfort zone, maybe it's doing something different than what you would normally do, then you have a very high chance of succeeding as an influencer. My own example with this is when reels came out, I was really unwilling to adapt. I'll be honest with you, I really didn't want to learn short form content, and I just hated the idea that Instagram tried to copy TikTok and tried to make this their own thing. And I thought that it would replace the explore page, and I was just really devastated. However, I knew that I had to adapt, or else I would get left behind. So I thought, why not give it a go? Instagram is definitely going to push reels, especially in the first few months, to get an extra reach. So I may as well give it a try. So I started posting some reels. Obviously, they weren't great because I didn't do a lot of short form content back then, so it wasn't very captivating.、It、took me a few tries, but it really paid off. Now I am sitting on almost a hundred million views on my reels, and I've created over a hundred and twenty reels and. I think about twenty of them have over a million views, so it has helped me double my following from around two hundred k to over four hundred thousand followers on Instagram. And that's my example of adapting to industry trends and platform changes. If I didn't try to incorporate reels and try to improve on my short form content when it came out, I don't think I would have almost half a million followers right now. I would probably still be somewhere around the two hundred thousand range. In addition to the ability to adapt, I also mentioned taking risks. This is something I really want to touch upon before I conclude this episode, because from all of the creators that I have seen that I know that are really successful, they have taken some level of risk. For me, I quit my job to focus on content creation even before I was able to make it a full-time income. I gave myself a deadline, so I had a time in mind, and I did have a safety net like savings and all that, and I knew that I could go back to my nine to five. But it still was a very, very big risk for me to take, for me to quit my job and、um, not have a steady source of income and just give it a go. And I'm just seeing this same story over and over again with so many different successful influencers. They always say that they knew they had to give it a go, they were willing to take the risk, and they went ahead and did it, and it worked out for them. Of course, I really, really advocate for having a backup plan, having a safety net. But I also truly believe that sometimes taking risk, in general in life, can lead to the greatest rewards. Sometimes it really takes that leap of faith or that 
fear of not knowing what's going to come next for you to do great things, for you to constantly be motivated. There's a real estate agent in New York City, Ryan Serhant, who puts this perfectly. He basically says that you got to put yourself up against a wall where you have nowhere to turn to, where you're in a very uncomfortable situation and taking that risk. And that's when the most growth will happen. It's stepping outside of your comfort zone. It is taking that risk or taking that leap of faith. Now, I'm not saying that you should just go into work tomorrow and be like, I fucking quit. But what I am saying is that sometimes taking risk can really push you far. It means that you're going to be uncomfortable. It means that you're going to be a little bit desperate, but that desperation will push you to do great things. It will help you grow beyond what you thought you were capable of. And that's the one thing that I always see most successful influencers have in common. The willingness to take that risk, to go outside of their comfort zone and take that leap of faith. So to sum up today's episode, the six keys to succeeding as an influencer starts with self-awareness. This allows you to assess your strengths and weaknesses and compare yourself and how you stand relative to other people. That way you know what you need to improve on and how to continually make your content better. Then you either have some level of talent in certain areas or you have the willingness to learn what needs to be learned in order to improve. So seeking out help from those who have the results that you want and being resourceful is a huge key to succeeding as an influencer. And of course, without execution, no amount of self-awareness or talent will get you very far. So consistency and hard work is absolutely key in this industry. It's very, very important to show up for your audience because every time you do, it's like planting a seed in your flower garden and continually watering them so that one day it will bloom and blossom into this beautiful flower field. Then it's important to have passion for what you do. When you're really passionate about something, it really doesn't feel that much like hard work at all. It also helps you find creativity and drive and therefore helps you differentiate yourself from other creators out there. But what do you do when talent or willingness to learn and execution doesn't get you that far? Then you need to have flexibility and the willingness to experiment. Try something new. Try something you haven't done before. Show up in a different way. If blindly working hard and going in one single direction has not worked for you, you need to know when to try a different route or when to change things up and give other things a go. Lastly, it's really important to be able to adapt to this ever-changing industry. Changing along with the world means that you are riding waves of trends and capitalizing on the momentum that's happening around you. Sometimes it means that you are taking some risk. Sometimes it means that you are changing your content format or maybe you need to change a little bit of your voice to adapt to what's happening in the world. These are all the things that I have seen contribute to the success of your favorite creators and influencers out there. I know this episode was a little bit longer. I hope you found this helpful and that you might be able to take away some key points with you and implement on them. I also hope that this doesn't deter you from starting your influencer journey because maybe some of these sound a little bit hard like taking risk or being consistent and showing up all the time. But trust me, it is absolutely worth it. Being able to do what I love for a living 
control my hours and work from anywhere in the world has just been the best experience in my life. I honestly would not give this up for the world. No matter how cushy of a 9 to 6 job I may have had, there is nothing that can replace the fulfillment of building your own successful business and your own personal brand. Thanks again for tuning in to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who could benefit from it. And I'll see you in the next one.